On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders, was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, this is Junkman from KNAC.com, and you're listening to my pal Jay Scott. The Hook Rocks, the ultimate rock community podcast. going on everybody it's jay scott this is the hook rocks the ultimate rock community podcast hope you're doing well staying safe staying healthy as i say at the start of every show hope you're doing well hope you're finding that distraction i know uh it's a pretty stressful place right now that is the world we have the pandemic we just got done with the election and uh, we're moving forward hopefully we get we've continued to get some good news with the possible or potential vaccine still a lot to get informed about and learn about before everybody goes and and takes it hopefully but I think we're on the right path and hopefully that continues and like always we are an escape for you talking music music commentary great music interviews and I'd like to welcome in our next guest he is a return guest a repeat offender one of my favorite new bands, Goodbye June, and we have Tyler Baker. What's going on, man? How are you? Hey, Jay. What's up? Not too much, man. Glad to hear from you. I was thinking about you guys here over the last few months, just wondering what you guys were up to and what you were doing. So good to hear your voice. Yeah, man. I'm happy to happy to join on uh, the Hook podcast again. Like you said, repeat offender. I can't get enough of this thing. Um and I hope everybody out there listening is doing great. Um, yeah, man, we're, we're we're hanging in there just like with every like everybody else, man. I mean, it's been a it's been a heck of a year, huh? So um, yeah, I'm I'm glad it feels like things are things are uh, at least simmering down. The temperature the temperature doesn't feel like to a boiling point, at least from my perspective, it doesn't anymore. It seems like it's cooled to a to a uh, a mild bubble. <laughs> yeah, you know, who knows what the future is going to bring, but I do think that there's something to it. I, I do think, you know, with the election and the tension that was created here in the States and, you know, with COVID, and, of course, the numbers are going up right now. You know, it's fall and winter season, and we were, we were told that that was going to happen, but yesterday or the day before, we did get some news that a vaccine with 90% uh, efficiency was – or has been produced and just waiting to hear more information about it. You know, just want to learn, you know, how they developed it. Yeah. Is it safe? You know, I don't want to be growing a third arm, you know, in, in, in right. four months, you know, because of this vaccine. Yeah. But, yeah. but, you know, it's it, as long as, you know, we're moving forward and, you know, we continue to hopefully move towards concerts and events like we are all accustomed to in the new year at some point, whether that's spring, summer, um, you know, we're, we're still kind of unknown, but hopefully good news is around the corner. Yeah, man, I think, um, I mean, it, it would make a lot of sense to me if, um, you know, if the vaccine becomes available and it's safe to take and, uh, at, you know, and then the you know everything opens back up and shows open back up and regardless whether you take it or not at least you have an option you know to take one if you want to and then hopefully concerts will just be you know I mean come at your own risk sounds sounds kind of 
um, you know, negative, but come at your own risk. And I think pe- I think a lot of people would would choose to take safety precautions, and then also, you know, so I think a lot of folks might take a vaccine, and I think we might be able to get on with our lives. So we'll we'll see how it all shakes out, man. I mean, I, yeah, like you said, you, you we need more information. We need to learn more about it. We need to try to make an informed decision. You know. Yeah, it's kind of like dipping that toe in the pool after you haven't been, you know, in the water in the fall and winter and, and spring and summer open up and you're like, eh, is it okay to go in? It's kind of like that with the vaccine, you know, or, or even going to a show, you know, those first few concerts that people start going to, it's going to be, you know, I don't want to say unsettling, but it's going to be different. It's going to be, you know, you're around people again. And when people have not been doing that stuff for a long period of time, it yeah. is going to be a, a, a bit of a transition. It's going to be, you know, a bit of, you know, caution and, you know, trying to figure out, is this what I want to do? I love concerts. I go to 20 to 30 shows a year. I haven't been to a show since November of 2019 when I saw Big Wreck in Chicago. And I'm itching to go. I want it to be safe. I want to make sure that, you know, nothing happens. So I'm excited about this because I really want to get back to seeing live concerts, seeing bands. I want, you know, to go out to dinner with my friends before a show, make an event of it like, yeah. you know, I usually do. And hopefully, you know, hopefully by spring we're able to do that again. Yeah. Hey, dude, it's so funny you mentioned Big Rack. <laughs> so I've been, I've been a big fan of those guys for um, – we got to meet – Ian Thornley, the lead singer of Big Rack, uh, and he actually, he came and jammed with us at, at our rehearsal space for like, I mean, dude, he, like maybe four or five hours straight. Like we just had stuff set up and um, it was such a trip because I didn't know anything about him before. And our manager is really good friends with him and have managed him for a long time. And, uh, so he said, Hey, have you guys ever heard of this band called big wreck? And we're like, no, never have, you know, they're from Canada and, you know, pretty big up there. And, uh, you know, great rock band, you know, 2000, just power rock band. And the dude's got a, you know, a Chris Cornell esque voice. And I'm like, dude, sign me up. This sounds cool. Like let's hang out with him. And he's like, well, he kind of expressed some interest. He wanted to jam with you guys. Cause he, he, cause at that time, magic Valley had just come out, like just come out. And our manager showed him the record, and, and he dug it. And then so he, so he ended up coming over to our rehearsal space slash studio, and dude, he just shredded for five hours. That guy is a freak on guitar. He is an he is. Ab- absolute freak, and uh, such a cool, laid back guy. And he's he's a quirky guy, you know, and like he's uh, just kind of short kind of dry but you know he's got a nice you know he's super fun to be around but like so we were jamming and we had come up with a couple songs i didn't know what the purpose of what we was doing i think he's just so comfortable playing music and that's kind of that's such a big part of his life that he told it he said hey man i like the, the guys like can i just come jam with him for a while and we're like, yeah, man, come on. So we end up just jamming and writing a bunch of riffs and just having fun. And it, it's a really cool memory. Dude, I haven't thought about that for probably three or four years. Like, it's just so funny when you brought up Big Wreck, that story came back to my head. Like, nuts. Anyway. Yeah, no, he, he's a he's a phenomenal performer. The, Big Wreck is a great band, one of my favorite bands. And even live, I mean, they nail it live. I mean, they're just absolutely incredible. And a lot of people yeah. don't know that he was picked to be in Velvet Revolver as the singer, yeah. but he also wanted to play guitar. And I could just imagine him and Slash trading riffs because he is underrated, unknown, great guitar player. He's phenomenal. Yeah, yeah I mean, that guy's... Um, I, don't, I mean, I'm probably going to get mis, I'm misquoted here. I don't... I don't quite remember the details, but I know he studied, I think at Berkeley, was it Berkeley? And he studied guitar performance at Berkeley. I mean, the guy is just, or maybe it was, I don't know what it was, but I know um, some higher level of education, a very competitive school he got into for, for music. And man, it, it shows, I mean, I was, 
you know, I mean, my school of, of music, the way I come up and the way a lot, you know, my cousins come up is just, um, kind of playing by ear and playing by feel. And, you know, we come from this, some sort of, uh, ACDC, Led Zeppelin, um, Creedence Clearwater Revival school. And then, and then there's a little grunge mixed in, you know, we kind of come, you know, with the music that we listen to coming up, that's kind of what we cut our teeth on and, and just kind of how we play and how we write riffs. And it was such a trip to be able to spend time with Ian because it was like, it was the equivalent for me personally of just sitting down with an alien, like, and, and just like the way he played and the way he approached music was so different than the way I even think about music. And, uh, it was just cool. And, and I'd be like, what you, uh, I'd be like, what are you doing there? And he, he, he would explain it. I'm like, dude, I would not have thought of that in a hundred years. And then, um, you know, I'd play a riff and then he'd mimic it. And then, but he would play it in Ian's way, you know, how Ian plays a riff. Mm -hmm. And I was like, dude, I wouldn't play that riff that way in a hundred years. It's the same notes, but it sounds totally different, you know? And, uh, it was just, it was a really cool, it was a really cool time. It was a really cool memory, uh, just being able to spend that day with him. So, uh, anyway, that's my Ian Thornley story. Yeah, no, he was, he's been on the show and it was a trip to, uh, interview him. You know, one of my favorite musicians, and I always get a kick out of, you know, when my audience doesn't, is not really familiar with somebody. And I'm like, you guys, you got to check out, you know, this band Big Rack. I mean, they're just absolutely phenomenal. And, and, you know, the music, I mean, all their albums, their last album before the sun was a great album. Uh, Ghost is great. Yeah. I mean, just, just phenomenal music. Yeah. And they completely, I mean, like when you see them live, it's just, they completely nail it. It's awesome. Yeah. Albert Albatross was the the record that I got in on. That's and awesome. The, yeah. the 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 song Albatross is just, I mean, it, it's it's so good, and there's such. Um, this is a terrible comparison because it's not like this at all. But there's this this like, it's like happy. The music is almost like like happy sound gardens, but then like his is so solemn, and he just nails all these high notes, and he's got such a tenor to his voice that. It takes you to, it's just a super unique place. And, um, it was, um, yeah. The, another thing it's like, he's around Nashville. Like he's like a musician's musician, you know, yeah, like yeah. he's not the first time I had heard of somebody talking about big wreck. And it was, uh, well, I think one of the dudes from Evanescence, um, uh, I, I had, uh, you know, just casually, very just, you know, acquaintances with him. And, uh, we were sitting, we had a mutual friend and we were having a beer at, uh, I think it was 10 roof here in town, a uh, long time ago. And we were just talking about musical influences and different things and, you know, how he came up and how, you know, I came up and whatever. And he, uh, he had mentioned, he's like big wreck. And I was like, who's that? I've never heard of that. And he's like, dude, you have to check out big wreck. They are killer so it, so it, they're they're a musician's band man and I, I i hope more people jump on him because i think he's got a lot of music left to make and i think uh i think he's kind of like a fine wine man he's getting better with age so i'm excited i'm excited about what he comes out with next you know yeah absolutely absolutely so what's going on in the goodbye june camp what's uh, what's new what's shaking with you guys well um I'll bring you up to date. I think the last time we spoke, um, we had released Community In. I think we had done a tour with Greta Van Fleet probably late 2019-ish, I think in October sometime, uh, to help support that record. And then uh, that's where we left at. And then since then, obviously, 2020 has been um, a super easy, uneventful year. And, uh, but we, so, so basically when COVID hit, we had canceled 40 shows. We, we were doing, I think we were set to do nine major festivals. We were going to support, um, I don't know if I can say this or not. I don't really care. Sorry. If I can't say it, I don't know how I say it. Um, uh, we were going to support three doors down for a tour for, I think, 20 shows or 25 shows or something. 
and then we were going to do some headlining shows of our own and we were going to Europe and um, we had a tour through Europe that was in the works and we ended up canceling everything, you know, just as everyone else did. So we were sitting around, I think it was around May 2020 and, um, you know, pretty down, pretty, pretty down about everything. Cause it was, it was going to be a big year for us. And we were finally breaking out into, you know, we were primarily supporting bands and then we were breaking out into, Hey, you know, we have two or three headlining tours of our own. We had just got through Europe, you know, uh, headlining our own tour that was successful. So we were excited about going back and doing that and building on that. So, so this is around May, um, you know, what can we do? So, you know, we kind of, we licked our wounds and we was just talking to each other and said, Hey, let's, let's do another record. Let's, let's figure out how to do another record. So at that time in May, there was a lot of information about, you know, COVID and all that, but there was still a lot of uncertainty. So we were like, okay, how can we be safe about this? And how can we successfully, you know, move, move forward with a record? And so we decided to just, it was just us three, me, Lana, and Brandon, we're just going to get together in my garage and we we're just going to start hashing out ideas. Uh, just us three, not at a rehearsal space, not at a studio, not like what we normally do. And uh, it was literally just iPhone recordings and, and super basic recordings. And uh, so that was May. And we did that for a couple months. Uh, you can see it on our Instagram. We documented a little bit of it. It was We just called it the garage session. But it was us, it was us three trying to figure out you know, in the, in the space and time that we were at, trying to figure out where we're going to go next. Because Community Inn, uh, our second record was, you know, kind of abruptly shut off. We were planning on touring that all of 2020. So, um, you know, we just shut that off and let's, let's, let's think about now and let's move forward and let's try to prepare for a new record, which, um, you know, takes a while. You know, like a lot of folks, if you don't, you know, if you're not uh, in a band or not musical or not familiar with, with, you know, the recording processes, it takes a while to put together a quality record. Uh, so, so in May, May, June, July, we were in the garage sweating it out with, uh, you know, and one guitar, one bass and a kit, basically how we used to do way before Magic Valley, <laughs> way before our first record, that's what we used to do. So it was cool. We brought it back to our roots. And we started jamming, started in somewhere in that process. We, we were talking and we were just talking about records and we were talking about, you know, what the next record could be, what it should be, what we want it to be. Um, and we got fixated on this idea of the, like, like highway to hell, right. But from, it was, uh, uh, Bon Scott, last record with the band with acdc and we got fixated on that record we started listening to it we were just playing it you know in the rehearsal and we just kept going back to that we were listening to a lot of different music and we were uh, talking about a lot of music but it, we always kind of kept going back to to highway to hell right so and then we i don't know we just started talking about what it meant like what what made that record so special and what um you know, what we wanted for our next record. And we all kind of landed on like, Hey man, let's just try to, let's try to write big riffs. Let's try to write straightforward driving beats. Let's try to write, uh, let's take goodbye June and let's take it somewhere different. Let's take it somewhere where it hasn't been before. Let's, um, this might scare some of our fans. Like, you know, I hope it doesn't, but like, you know, let's, let's, let's take it away from Led Zeppelin land. Let's take it away from those kind of grooves and those kind of swing, that kind of swing. And let's play some straight ahead rock and roll. And let's see what that sounds like in Goodbye June's uh, context. So we started playing and jamming and I had, I had four or five riffs that had been around for a long time. And we ended up writing two or three songs. And uh, we really, it, it felt like it was special. And just with us three, the power trio, it felt really special and it felt, um, felt like breathing. It felt, it felt so natural for us three to play this straight ahead, big 
rock and roll and big, you know, big chords, big riffs, big solos. And so, so some time had passed. So now we're in July sometime and, uh, July, August. And we always go and write with Paul, which, uh, Paul Moog, he produced Magic Valley. He was the first, you know, awesome producer that took a chance on us, uh, here in Nashville. And so we always go to him just to spend some time musically. He's a great writer. I mean, we kind of almost view him as the fourth member of the band sometimes, you know, like he's just, he's so close to us and he knows, he, he knows what we are and what we want to do. And so we start talking about this idea and we referenced highway to hell and we showed him some of these riffs and he's like, yeah, he's like, I'm, he's like, I'm in. He's like, he's like, I'm in, let's, let's write, let's write a song. You know, let's just get together, let's start getting together musically. And so we went in with Paul, the studio, uh, just to write. And we, he ended up, we walked in the studio and he had the whole thing set up. He had his whole crew there. He had his engineers there. And he said, Hey guys, we're going to, we're going to cut a couple songs today. And I was like, we were like, what? Like, what's going on? He's like, yeah, yeah. The show, the songs you showed me, he's like, we're going to write a couple. And then we're going to cut, we're going to cut, you know, one, two, maybe three. And so we walk in the studio and he's got it all configured, uh, you know, a very unique way. And I'm like, like, like his equipment and the guitar amps and they're all very specifically configured. And I was like, what's up? Like this, this looks different. This feels different than, you know, Magic Valley. This feels different than what we've done in the past. And he's like, yeah, man. He's like, I went down the rabbit hole. As soon as you said, as soon as you referenced Highway to Hell, which is one of my favorite records of all time, which is one of my favorite recording styles of all time. He's like, he's like, I went down this rabbit hole. And so what we have set up is very, very, very similar to what ACDC had set up on like how they recorded Highway to Hell, like the, the chains, the guitars, the guitar amps. Granted, he's like, granted, it's not going to sound like it at all, but the inspiration is there. And I was like, okay, cool, man. So I bring in all my equipment. I bring in my pedal board. It's got, you know, you know, 20 pedals on it and all my guitars and equipment. And he's like, uh, so before we, uh, notes hit, Paul's like, nah, man, he's like, you, uh, this is what you get. And he gave me a cable and, and he's like, plug it straight into your guitar. And I was like, okay, you know, this is cool. You know, you know, cool. And he, I'm like, why? What's up? He's, he's like, dude, this is how he's like straight into the amp. He's like, that's how Angus did it. That's how all your favorite rock bands did it straight in the amp. No pedals, no studio magic nothing we're going to crank these amps we're going to put some nice mics in front of them we're going to see what it sounds like so um anyway jay you still there so yeah, yeah no no like, i'm listening man i'm listening okay sorry <laughs> okay so so anyway so anyway so we so so we're, we're plugging it in man and i strum the first chord i'm instantly hooked it sounds so natural so organic just up in your face sounds like all my favorite records and I'm like, okay. And he does the same thing on the drums. He's doing the same thing on the bass. And it's just this raw, like, um, dry is the, is so, so I'll use that term and like, like, you know, non-musician folk, you know, like you may not understand, but what dry is, is like, if something is wet, it sounds far away. There's reverb, there's delay, there's effects on it, like studio effects. Like, right, um, right things that augment the sound if something is very very dry it's it's literally the signal from the mic you know to the speakers uh, and it's with no effects on it it's just kind of the the raw amplified sound of the instrument or the vocal right and so this whole this whole the soundscape is just so dry and raw and it, it took me to like it took me to like early ZZ Top. It, it was taking me to early ACDC. It was taking me to, you know, Toys in the Attic, you know, Aerosmith. It was taking me to this this world that I haven't heard in a long time from a lot of bands. I mean, I think the only other band that kind of, in my opinion, capitalizes on that sound right now is uh, Rival Sons. You know, those guys are pretty dry. Those guys are pretty raw. Um, 
sometimes sometimes they kind of dive into different things but but anyway so these sounds were coming out and it was so exciting and it felt it was so different for goodbye june to to sound like this and then so we spent a couple days with paul we wrote uh two songs and then cut a third and and Landon just came out, crushed the vocals, and uh, just kind of a, almost a different style of singing for him, too. Um, very aggressive, very gravelly. Um, and it was just so exciting. So we get these tracks back. Paul mixes them. And, and we just start living with them. And we start showing them to our friends. And, um, and everybody's like, this is really special. Like, this is, this is something new. This is special. This is exciting. I think... I think your fans are really going to love this. So, and, and I knew in my heart that we were onto something exciting too, you know? So, um, that's, that is so anyway, exciting, so, you know, because I mean, here you guys are, you know, with, with the, with the goodbye June sound, right. Prior to all this. And, you know, here you are, you know, expanding yourselves and stretching yourselves to, I don't want to say go in a different direction, but try something new. You know, I mean, that's, I mean that that's exciting for a fan, for myself, a fan of you guys to hear in you know in anticipation of hearing what's in store for us. That's that's really really cool. Yeah, it, it was it was exciting, and it was it was kind of scary too. You know, like it was like it was it, it took me back to when I first walked in. Um, I was in my early twenties, and we were cutting Magic Valley, and it. And, you know, real studio. And it was the first time we had worked with a real producer, you know, with real credits and like, you know, that, that had made really great records. And um, it was that same feeling, you know, it was that feeling of newness. It was a feeling of, uh, you know, I, I kind of had a chip on my shoulder. I had to prove something. I had, you know, I had no idea what this record was going to sound like, you know. And so flash forward years and years later, we're doing the same thing. And another really cool thing is in the past, we had used, um, uh, we had used uh, a drummer named Nate, Nathan Sexton, who grew up with us, who's not in the band, but he always recorded with us. And um, he's just always the drummer that we wanted to use in the studio. And on this record, partially because of, you know, COVID kind of pushed us this way, um, not this, you know, it definitely helped encourage us because we, you know, we spent all that time in the garage together and both Landon and Brandon can play drums uh, very well. And so we went in as a three piece. So we're cutting this whole record as a three piece, as just us three in the studio together for the first time ever, which um, is really exciting to me. And it's really, it's, it's a lot of pressure and it's, um, it just, I think it's breeding this, it's, it's breeding this, it's breeding a little angst, it's breeding a little edge, it's breeding a little rawness uh, to these recordings. And it's, to me, it's really exciting. I haven't heard, I, I've never, I never thought I would hear this from Goodbye June. And I'm just ultra excited about where it's going and how it's developing. I guess the interesting question is, had it not been for COVID, would you have cut these tracks with this type of sound? No, absolutely not. We'd be right now. We would be, I, if we were doing this interview, I would, I would have said we had just gotten off a heavy year of touring with, uh, you know, different bands and our own headlining stuff. We, we'd be coming to a close of the community in album cycle and I would be saying stuff like, yeah, we're just starting to think and dream on, you know, the next record, you know, we're just starting to, to think on it like this COVID really forced our hand and it put some constraints on us and it put some, it put some pressure on us. It put some constraints on us because it was like, okay, how can we, we want to keep making music. So how can we do it, you know, safely? How can we do it? Um, and we ended up just us three writing and recording this whole record and uh, i don't know man i think it's really really special i cannot wait to show you some stuff i'll see if i can send some previews i mean we're we're still uh, well i'll tell you where we're at right now so so that was in those three songs were in uh july ish i would say august and we just got through last week 
uh, you had reached out to me, I think a couple weeks ago and I would say, Hey man, you know, I can't, can't talk right now. We're, we're getting ready to go into the studio for a week to do pre-production and to kind of figure out this record. So that was last week. So last week we went with Paul, we went in with 20, probably 20 ideas, maybe 20, 22 ideas. And, uh, an idea can be, you know, a riff, it can be a fully written song, it can be, uh, you know, a verse and a chorus, it can be just a chorus, you know, it can be any, any amalgam, you know, any, any sort of, you know, thing can constitute an idea. So we had about 22, 20, 22 ideas ish. And, um, we went in with Paul and we drew them all on a, on a whiteboard. And it's funny on our Instagram, you, we, I took, a, we took a picture of that whiteboard just because I thought it was kind of cool and it kind of documented you know, all it take. you know, all the ideas. And I just thought it'd be cool to look back on, you know, later. But so we sat down with Paul, went through everything. We got 12 ideas. We did demos for all of them. So a demo is just kind of a, a quick, a, haste, a hastily recorded, you know, uh, song, you know, so it's, it's limited mics and it's like one take guitars and it's one take vocals. It's just enough to get the idea down to where you can live with it and, and digest it and think about it and think about what you, what you'd like to change on it, where, where you'd like it to go. Or, I mean, some of these demos were so good. It's like, okay, no, this is, this is, we nailed it. This is exactly how the song needs to be. And then other ones is like, you know, there's a hundred things I'd like to change on, on a couple of them, you know? So, so we got 12 of those down and, uh, we're right now we're living with them. So I've been listening to them. I'll just pick a random time or I'll go out for a run or I'll, you know, at night before I go to bed, I'll listen to a random song uh, or a random demo and just see how it makes me feel, see how it hits me. Think about what I want to change on it. You know, think about, just think about it. Right. And, um, so yeah, so, so we just got through that and now we're, we've, we've let our label, we're letting our label listen to it. I think they're going to get back to us this week on, on it. And I'm sure they're going to be super excited. So really now it's, our goal is we want to have a record ready to go when touring comes back. So, so we're kind of up in the air a little bit until we start seeing some, um, some of the touring start coming back, you know, uh, before we finish the record. So, so yeah, so I don't, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know what the next, uh, couple months is going to hold. We were talking about going back in and really cutting them, like cutting the, the songs for real, uh, between Thanksgiving and Christmas or in January sometime, but we'll see. I don't want to, we don't want to rush this. We want to take our time and really do it right. So, um, we might just kind of wait and see when the touring comes back, when the, you know, all the COVID stuff is figured out and then go in and cut it and then have it ready for before we go to work. So, but we'll see. We'll see. That's kind of up in the air. Yeah, no, it's exciting to hear that. I, I have to, you know, ask you, you mentioned it a little bit, you know, when you're going in a different direction as a band, as a songwriter, it's a very vulnerable time for our, the whole band, you know, because you're like, man, you know, is, is this going to be what we're going to do? Is this going to, you know, be absorbed how we want it to be absorbed by our fans? It's a lot of questions. How did you stay on the path? How did you guys, you know, keep going and say, hey, you know what? Maybe this is not what we should be doing. I mean, was there, were there any moments like that with you guys or was it just, hey, this is awesome. Let's just keep this going. Well, it, there's a, you nailed it. It's like when, when you start doing something that's out of your comfort zone, like anything in life, like when, when you start doing something out of your comfort zone, you know, you're not confident in it. You're not sure, you know, if, if, if what you're doing is the right thing. So when we were in the studio and we were writing, like, yeah, we would try. What, what's funny is, you know, each of us at one point or another was like, presented a song or an idea that was way out of that was way in left field you know from what we were doing and just almost just to kind of see you know if it hooked us if we missed if we missed you know if we um if we wanted to pursue that idea you know we could we could throw on a big you know led zeppelin style riff and 
and just see if we missed it, you know, see if, if, if that's the way, you know, if we should write that song and dude, we just kept, we kept, um, we kept narrowing the focus. We kept saying, Oh man, like this, that ain't right. You know, let's go, let's go this way. And I think as we, we did it as a unit and we kept refining that sound, this new sound. And, uh, yeah, man, I like, to answer your question, yeah, there's kind of it, it's fatiguing. It can be fatiguing to 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 really pursue down a narrow sound and a narrow focus. It's very fatiguing if you're very creative because, um, you know, Nealand and Branner were all individual songwriters. I mean, like we we write complete songs by ourselves, you know. So so we each have our personalities and our, our different things that are our go-tos and, and our different, you know, creative avenues that we, you know, we walk down. And so it's kind of fatiguing for us to, Hey man, this is the sound for the record. And then you get to about song six or seven that you've written. And it's like, Hey man, you know, what about this, this crazy quirky idea that doesn't fit at all with the first six or seven songs that, you know, we jammed out or figured out. And (laughs) it's kind of tempting, you know, it's it's tempting to go down that road, but no, man, we just kept, we kept on this, we kept on the the focus. Uh, We kept on the, this, this passion for, for this driving record. We, the, we kept saying, that we want this record to be from top to bottom, a rock and roll record. You get maybe one, you get maybe one ballad, you know, one time to slow it down with a acoustic or a piano or something, you know, everything else has got to be in your face. Everything else has to be a uh, big rock and roll. You know, that's what I feel like that's what goodbye June can bring to the world better than you know, many, many other bands out there is like, is just big rock and roll. Like there's so many bands that do so many other things better than us, you know, but what we can do better is just these big guitars and big hooks and Landon's just searing vocals. So we really tried to focus on that and, you know, try to, try to, to, to refine it. So that's been the process for this record. You know, when you're recording this and you mentioned that, the big influence was Highway to Hell in that album. And then here you have ACDC releasing a song, Shot in the Dark, last month. You know, how was that for you guys? I mean, absorbing that after you know what the influence is for your next record, was it a different type of, you know, feel for you guys when you heard the new song from them? Or was it like, yeah, this is exactly, you know, what we want to get. This is exactly what we're we're on to. Well, it's never about... Uh, it's never really about chasing in someone else's sound. Sure, sure. And I hope I, I hope I hope when I when I when I've kind of ex, ex, you know ex, explain this creative process, it's like, dude, we can, I can literally play note for note, you know, Angus Young solo, and Landon can literally sing note for note, Bon Scott melodies or or Brian Johnson's melodies, and it it. You know, it's never going to sound like ACDC. Those guys are legends, you know, and like they're in their own right. So it's more so, I guess the best way is how that record made you feel. Like when you listen to it, when you listen to Highway to Hell, there's there's like this this emotional response to it that that we're trying to capture. It's like it's like okay, you know how ACDC made you feel when you first heard Highway to Hell. It's like, how can we do that our own way? And taking some nods and taking some inspiration from different uh, classic bands and even some you know some some modern bands. You know, taking taking some in, a little bit of inspiration from different things, but doing it our own way, like we always do. You know, to create to create that feeling that you get that ACDC gave us that, you know, early Aerosmith gave us that, that, just that raw, awesome. This is a, this is a, this is a rock band, you know? So that's, that's when we're in this creative process and we hear, I guess to circle back and answer your question. I mean, yeah, I mean, it was, I, it was so cool to, to hear, um, uh, 
you know, ACDC come back out with with some fresh stuff. I, I like their their 2015 release. I was really impressed with that. That I think it was called Rocker Bust. Um, those guys are still putting on a clinic on how to be a how to be a battered bone rock band. <laughs> yeah, they do. Yeah, I you know I I just you know when it, when when you when you said in the beginning about how you know you you really were turned on by this record. You've revisited the Highway to Hell album and. You know, you have, there's an emotional response. And I love it when a record you hear, you know, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, and then you listen to it again, and it, it still gives you an emotional reaction, but it's different, you know. And it, it, but it still, it still hits you. And, you know, that was, I mean, who, who produced that? Mutt Lang produced that, who also did Def Leppard and Brian Adams and, all, you know, some of the other bands as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean that was a huge moment in rock history. And, you know, for, for your producer to kind of be inspired and tell you to just plug right in, it reminds me of, of an interview with Eddie Van Halen, who, of course, just passed away a few weeks ago about how he just plugged in. You know, like it was just him, you know, plugging in and getting that tone and always chasing tone with, with you know, the guitar. Did you find yourself playing differently as a result of that? Yes, Absolutely. Like, uh, like there was something, um, just the way, so for the music, the music aficionados and the music nerds out there listening, the musicians, the guitar players. So I was plugging into the main rig was an old Marshall's blues breaker, which is, uh, kind of just standard big. 70s rock and roll right and then there was a then paul had a 60s or 70s orange head which is a very specific head but it was the same head that jimmy page was using on some of the uh, led zeppelin tracks um the more rockier ones like rock and roll like he was using these these old orange british orange heads so he had those two amps in parallel and then I plugged straight into those. And then on my solos, there was a, um, I was using a, I think it was a, it was a treble booster, which is just this British pedal that just kind of, that boosts the treble, the treble frequencies. It doesn't really do much of anything except just make your guitar a little gnarlier. It gives you a little bit more gain. And, uh, that's all I had. Those were, he's like, he's like, these are the only tools you get. So if it sounds bad, it's, it's on us, you know, it's on you. <laughs> and I was like, okay, man. I was like, I was like, I'll do the best I can. Let's go plug me in. Let's do this. And, uh, dude, from the, the first, the first verse of the first song we recorded, I was addicted. I was like, okay, this is it. This is, this is the sound of the new record. Like we nailed it right at the top. Don't touch any knobs. Like I was playing a, I think I was playing a 61 Les Paul, uh, re, maybe it was a reissue. I don't know if it was a reissue or I don't think it was a real, uh, an actual 61, but uh, yeah, I think it was a reissue, but so there was nothing in this signal chain and dude, it just sounded so good. And I was, I was addicted to it. So, but the thing is, is man, you heard every little thing my fingers were doing, which was super intimidating, but also super inspiring. So, um, you'll definitely, from a guitar standpoint, you're going to hear a lot of characteristics. You're going to hear a lot of character on this record that maybe you didn't hear in the previous records, maybe. Um, but to answer your question, yeah, I mean, it was, uh, I played totally differently and it was a ton of fun. Like it was, it was like, not like starting over by any means, but it was definitely, um, it was just a lot of fun. It was like, I don't know, playing this big, powerful hunk of wood that I just had never thought of doing it that way before. Just plugging straight in and cranking the amps up and recording. I always thought I had to have, you know, some really cool pedal or some really, you know, this cool signal chain that, you know, Brian may use or whatever, you know, like, like I, I was into that stuff. I was a very techie gear guy and Paul stripped all that away and he said, no man, it's about your fingers. So let's go. And 
and we did it and I fell in love with it. And I don't know if I'm ever going to come back, man. I don't know if, uh, I think I'm, I might just, you might just see me at the next show and I might have like one pedal up there and, and, uh, I might just go for it. So I don't know. It's exciting. It has to be. I mean, you know, out of something bad, something good always happens. And when you talk about the, all the bad with the pandemic and everything that was canceled this year and everything that didn't happen to be inspired, to go in a different direction as a band, you know, different than what, what any other release prior to this with Goodbye June had. I mean, that's got to be an exciting feeling. And also knowing that had you been on tour and had you, you know, kind of been in the same kind of cycle you guys were in, this is, this is not happening. We're not having this discussion. So that in itself is really, really cool. Yeah. Well, we'll let, we'll let the fans and you final judges of, of if it was a good thing or a bad thing. But me personally, I think, uh, all I know is it's been a ton of fun and every time a record or a song has been just a ton of fun to play and record and write, uh, it's always ended up being, it's always ended up translating really well to the fans and like, Oh no, was that way. Daisy was that way. Darlin was that way. I mean, they were just a blast to record, you know, secrets in the sunset, same way. And um, this whole record feels like that to me. Like there hasn't been one song that, I mean, I think the material is really good. I think the songs are very good. And more so, I think there's just this energy, this fire of, hey, this can all be taken away at any point in time. We get the opportunity to record a record. Like, let's, let's, Let's lay it all out on the line and, you know, give our fans what they deserve and give and, and just have fun doing it. So uh, there's just an energy with this recording process in the state of, I think, where Milan and Brandon are at in the state of the world and the state of everything. And it's just the fact that, you know, Paul, our, the dude that we met in the beginning, you know, years and years later, he latches onto this idea and this music, this music that, that we created and he's inspired by it. And he's going, you know, for him, he's going down this rabbit hole, this creative rabbit hole. Of, hey, how can I, how can I, you know, cr- you know, help the guys craft the sound? How can I, how can we go down this road of big raw rock and roll? How can we do that? And it's just the whole, the whole creative process has been insanely fun from our perspective. So I, I don't know. I'm just going to call it that. I think, I think this is going to be a very, very special record. And I think our fans are, are also going to feel it's a very, very special record. Dare say maybe one of their favorite records. I have no idea, but I'm, but I'm, uh, I'm really excited about it. I'll just leave you with that. <laughs> there also has to be a sense to that, on the on the outside of that studio or wherever you're recording these tracks, that you know, bad things are happening, right? I mean, and, and and the world is a different place than it was, you know, this time last year. And here you guys are going into what I would call an escape. Like, you know what? Let's just tune everything out. Let's just put our heads down and let's let's record this record. And to have, you know, this this. It, it kind of it's 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 almost like it's poetic, right? Like you know, the world is is changing. There's almost all this stuff going on in in every country almost. And here you guys are deciding at this point to say, "Hey, let's do this. Let's do this." We're inspired, and to find inspiration in these times is something special to to in itself, right? Yeah, right. Um, absolutely, man. I mean, I don't. I mean, I think I think it's pretty widely known but for anybody living under a rock out there you know musicians and particularly you know rock bands you know they make the lion's share of the money that they they make to be able to you know live their lives pay their mortgages feed their family they 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 make that on the road so um this year obviously has been you know tightening the belt and trying to you know a lot you know I mean, we're all doing, we're, we're all doing fine. We're, we're, we're very, you know, blessed in that sense, but 
at the same time, there's a lot of pressure out there and there's a lot of pressure for a lot of artists, but there was pressure on us too. Like, um, you know, financial pressure and, you know, if goodbye June can, you know, how are we going to come out of this thing? You know, how are we going to, how, you know, is goodbye June over, you know, is, is, is life is, is, is touring life over, you know, cause without touring rock bands, most rock bands will not exist. Like you'll get, you'll get a very select few, but rock bands are, that's how they survive. That's how they breathe. That's how they grow. So, you know, it, it was a, it was a very intense time. So when you say, you know, going in and finding inspiration, I mean, dude, it was such, when, when we had this opportunity and we put this together and Paul was interested and our label was was supportive and we were inspired creatively and we were wanting to go do this. I mean, that, that unlikely scenario is such, we're so excited. Like I'm, I'm, I cannot believe it actually happened. You know, like it's just the fact that everything come together and, and on top of that, throwing in a new sound, new direction, new energy, new recording styles and techniques. It's just, it's, it's, I think it's going to breed a very, very special time, a very, very special record that we'll never be able to replicate again. Like, not that we would ever replicate a record, but I think it's, you are getting a very precise, um, you know, unique formula of things that's going to produce a very unique record. And I'm, I'm super excited about it. It's like when you're, you're, it's like you're in your own bubble, right? You know, the, the world is, is burning down around you. The pandemic, you know, the, the riots and the protests over the summer and in the, in the spring. And here you guys are just like, you know, focusing on this album. And it almost make, makes the time go by, right? I mean, a lot of artists, you know, I mean, there is a, an issue with mental health in the music community. And I'm sure, as you just mentioned, with all the pressures that this pandemic has brought on for a lot of performers, a lot of people have been feeling down and depressed and having issues with with just trying to survive and, and having a positive outlook. To find yeah. that, to find a an inspiration, a muse, if you will, for Goodbye June, that is huge, you know, to, to, to find that. Because I've talked to a lot of artists some artists have had trouble being creative during this time because they're doing the same things. It's they're not living their life and they get inspired by life, living life. Whereas others, right. you know, keep it going and keep the flow going. I mean, I talked to Tyler Bryant about a month ago, you know, and he recorded instead of going into a studio, they recorded their album, their latest album in his basement, you know, and um, just that was inspiring too, to find different ways to do it, to be adaptive to what's going on out there. It's a big deal. And to get through that yeah. and, and kind of live in your own bubble and kind of put all the noise away because there's a lot of noise out there. It's, it's, yeah. it truly is inspiring just to hear that. Yeah. It's, I, I view it me personally, my, my personal, uh, you know, vibe on, on all that is I view it as a, as almost like a blessing. Like it's like, Oh, like a sigh, like a sigh of relief. Like, Oh, I get to do this one more time. You know, that's like, like before I, I walked in the studio, I was walking in land brand. We're walking ahead of me and we were carrying our guitars in and took a deep breath. And I said, okay, I get to do this one more time. And I was like, don't, you know, it's almost like you know leave it all out on the on the court you know leave it all out on the field kind of thing like it's that's how it felt and there's a pressure to it but there's also just a pure joy like it's it's i was so happy that week that last week in the studio even though in the studio it's very you know it's frustrating it's it's emotional it's very emotional it's um you know it's it's fun it's all at the same time you know so, but like I said, it was just, it was just, I get to do this one more time and that's how I view it. And there's an urgency when, when you feel that way, there's an urgency every time you pick up a guitar, every time the, the light goes red and you have to record it, there's an extra urgency on it. And 
I think that 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 can breed creativity. I think in our case, it it bred create creativity. It it bred something special. When are we going to be able to hear you know the the music? I mean, is it just? I mean, I know some bands have <laughs> have been releasing a single. Um, you yeah. know, just to kind of whet the appetite for their fans. Is that, is there a chance that could happen for you guys? Yeah, there's, there's definitely a chance. It's, um, like I said, we're talking, we had just sent, uh, in essence, you know, the majority of the record to, uh, our label in England. And so we're going to talk with them and see what they think. I know if I was master of the universe and I, I, I made all completely hundred percent, all the, I was the dictator of goodbye June, so to speak, which I'm not, but if I was, I would want to put, um, I would want to put at least a single out sometime January, February, March. And just to, just to let everybody know that we're, you know, we're still here, we're working and, uh, hopefully give, give everybody something to be excited over. Um, I tell you what, there's a little cheat cheat code here is what I'll, tr- what maybe we'll try to do is we did a live stream for, um, for a food bank, uh, about a month ago. And in that live stream, we played one of the new songs. It was called see where the night goes. So we have all that footage and what I would, what I'll try to do is we'll cut it up. And maybe do like a little, you know, Twitter release or something on Instagram or something to where we can we could post that footage of that new song as kind of a teaser or something, uh, just to give everybody an idea of, of of what we're doing. But the song went over really well. It was everybody was pretty jacked about it, and uh, and uh, so I'm, it, it was a good pulse, uh, you know, for us. It was nice to see our fans respond, you know aggressively to that song so uh, i think that's a good sign too well i'm excited um you know because i've been you know because i I know when we last talked i think you guys were going to was it germany was it um if i if i remember correctly you guys were going to do a a tour in germany or europe or something like that and yeah that's that sounds right i think it might have been our it might have been our first headlining tour or that we might have been opening for Greta at that time. I don't. I don't remember. I don't. Um, but yeah, I know we did two tours, and they were about four months apart. So it just depends kind of on when we talk. Yeah, it's it's going to be a great year, I think, for rock and roll 2021. I think there's a lot of albums that are being held right now and 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 being paused and not be released until the new year. I know some people have yeah. moved forward with some stuff and, and that's okay too, because I think, I, I think good times are, are upon us. I really do. I think, yeah. I think, you know, with, with, once we get through the winter, uh, you know, I think that, uh, you know, hopefully they'll start to, to do things and, and improve the, the treatments for COVID yeah. and, you know, people can get back mm-hmm. to live shows. I know I'm itching to do it. Like I mentioned in the beginning of the show and, you know, I, I yeah. think a lot of bands are in your position. I've talked to a lot of bands that have said, you know, they're hanging on to this stuff. I mean, the Dead Daisies, you know, with uh, Glenn Hughes, you know, they they've postponed. I think their record twice, and I think it's going to be coming out in the in the first year. It was originally supposed to come out in April or May, so they've postponed yeah. it. But there's just been a lot of that, and, and it makes sense too. Like you said, you make your money on touring; that's where you make your income. And if you have nothing to you know, to, to do that, you know, you got to hang on to the album because, you know, people, but in today's day and age are their, their attention spans are so short that if you release an album now, you run the risk of them, you know, losing interest by the time you're ready to tour or by the time you're ready to go out there. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I think, I mean, there was a different, we've been throwing some ideas around just of how to, how to, uh, to give to give our fans you know new things to listen to new new you know new things besides just you know quirky instagram posts and just trying to you know feed the social media machine we're you know that's we're we do that sometimes but we try to not do that because there's so much noise out there already and like i would rather just give con i would rather give like music i would rather give some meat and potatoes of things like 
so we're thinking about like remixes. We're thinking about, you know, singles on the record, you know, forthcoming before the record. We're seeing how we can do that. We were thinking even about just recording two or three completely unique songs that aren't on any record, just release them as singles, just not for the fun of it, so to speak, but just, just, just to give our fans something to enjoy and to listen to while during these crazy times. I mean, it's like, you know, it's, it's, um, but like you said, I think it's going to come back. I think, I think springs, I think spring is going to be shaky and I think summer's going to be, you're going to see signs of life. And I think fall will be, uh, I'm not going to say business is normal. I don't, I don't know if it'll ever get back to business as normal, but I feel like there'll be a steady flow of touring. There'll be a steady flow of bands going out. There'll be, there'll be opportunities to see great rock concerts. And for a fan like me, that means save my money because it's going to be, <laughs> it's going to be a lot of shows to go to. What yeah, else? Man, I think everybody's going to, everybody's going to come out swinging. What else in, in the in the Goodbye June camp? I mean, obviously the focus has been on the record, you know, getting through this pandemic. Um, yeah. You know, is, is that the primary focus? Is You know, is there anything else that you guys are doing? I mean, I know a lot of people are doing the Facebook Live stuff and, and all that and, and selling tickets for shows online or social media. I know you did the one for the food bank. Is there any more of that to come? Yeah. We would uh, – we'd like to. I think we'd like to do one more. Uh, I mean, we're more about like our band is more about like if we do something, especially like that, since it's not like, like, you know, who, who wants to watch a rock band on a live stream that doesn't sound that good? I mean, like, like the live streaming capabilities and like the audio and the live stream, like most of the ones that I'm hearing and like that I'm watching it's like it's like man i've seen these bands live i know they crush like i don't know like the audio always just seems a little funky and weird and somewhat unpredictable and it's just like if we do more live streaming we'll do it to benefit somebody else like i don't think i don't know if we want to sell tickets to our fans where that money goes in our pocket you know because we want to try to when you come to a goodbye june show we want to give you you know, a goodbye June experience, you know? So I don't, I don't know if that makes sense or not, but we're, we're looking for another partner to do some sort of charity uh, stream um, just so we can stay out there and raise some money to, for a good cause. But we'll, you know, we'll see as we go on. We're throwing around some ideas. I mean, it's getting around the holidays. I wouldn't be surprised if we do something for the holidays. Um, but um, yeah, we'll keep everybody informed. Anybody listening? Um, you know, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, our website, goodbyejune.com. I mean, we keep it all up to date. Uh, we just rolled out a new merch line uh, of like sweaters and hoodies and a bunch of things that are, uh, I think, pretty rad. So, um, you know, check in. That's we, we try to help our um, like a portion of that. will go to some of our crew guys. And like, you know, our musicians and different people that tour with us, like we'll try to, we try to help everybody out, you know, cause like I said, we're, we're blessed enough and our fans have supported us enough to where I feel like we're, um, you know, not saying we're, we're rolling the money or anything, but we're, we're at, we're at a financial position that it's okay. Like during this crazy pandemic time. So we're, we try to give back the best we can. And, um, we're lucky, we're lucky to be in a position to be able to do that. So, Well, Tyler, it's been a blast. I love the conversation. Thanks again for checking in. Thanks again for, for being on the show. I do appreciate it. Yeah, man, absolutely. And hopefully we'll, maybe we'll hook up um, when we get some new tracks and we get uh, a plan and a game plan. Maybe I can jump back on or maybe Landon or Brandon jump back on. Heck, maybe we can preview a song on your podcast or something. That'd be cool. Well, we are going to be going to a live stream um, on YouTube and Facebook, so that's coming down the pike too, as well for the Hook Rock. So maybe you know, once we, we we're still going to have this format, but we're also going to add in that. So maybe you guys can jump on that when we start that up. Absolutely, that'd be that'd be absolutely awesome. We'd love to. We love we love you, Jay. We love your we love your fans. We love the folks that listen to these podcasts, and and uh, you guys are building a great community. And uh, we're happy to be a small part of that. Well, I appreciate that, Tyler. Thanks again for coming on. 
Always good to hear from you and look forward to the new music. Okay. Thank you, Jake. All right, everybody. That's Tyler Baker from Goodbye June. I'm Jay Scott. This is The Hook Rocks. Stay safe. Stay healthy. We will talk again soon. Thanks. Achieve the American dream. The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would they shop? Would they shop? Would you kill? Yes. <laughs> My mom and dad. My mom and my dad. From airship. The studio behind American Scandal comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, the Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.